This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We hear a lot of pitches on this show. I mean, no surprise there. It's the name of the podcast. But the entrepreneurs who come on this show, they're pitching more than just a business idea. They're pitching their dream. Because when you run a small business, you're putting your whole self into it. State Farm gets that. And they work with small business owners across the country to help create personalized plans that are built for their small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'm Josh Muccio, and from Gimlet Media, this is The Pitch, where real entrepreneurs pitch to real investors. Hi, Hi, good morning. What's your name? David. David. What's your last name? Saravia. Saravia. Hi, Nicole. Awesome. Cool shoes, man. Nice to meet you. In the pitch room today is founder David Saravia. David is here asking for $500,000 for an app that he says will help people recover from addiction. Drug abuse is an enormous problem in the U.S. right now. More than 100 Americans die every day from an opioid overdose. And David has had his own struggles with addiction. So for him, this is personal. But will his passion for this problem translate into a business that investors can get behind? Here's who we'll have to convince. I'm Jillian Manis. Jillian is a partner at Structure Capital and an angel investor on the side. I'm Charles Hudson. Charles is with Precursor Ventures, where he invests in early-stage startups. I'm Nicole Verkent. Nicole runs a software company, and in her spare time, she's an angel investor. I'm Michael Hyatt. Michael built and sold two Canadian companies, and now he invests for himself. All right, on with the pitch. So what do you got? So, uh... My name is David Saravia. Mm-hmm. I'm the founder of In Recovery. And just to give you a little, a little background on myself, I, I'm a tech guy. I started programming around eight years old on the Commodore 64, been doing this forever. Um, and kind of as a result, by 27, I had two successful exits in e-commerce. One of them, uprinting.com, which we sold to a VC firm, and a second one was an e-commerce platform that I started. Um, so by like 27, I had a lot of money, a lot of time, and I moved to New York, and I was introduced to cocaine. And that was the very quick demise of my success. I found myself homeless on my 30th birthday, sleeping on a bench in Central Park. Things were bad for David. And then they got even worse. And then my friend died in February. February 2016, my friend Jay Greenwald, unfortunately, didn't wake up one day. He overdosed. And that's when I knew I'd be next. So I needed help, and I ended up uh, checking myself into rehab that year, and that's when I had the vision for in recovery. Ultimately, David recovered, but he was disappointed by what he saw during his time in rehab. He felt like the treatment wasn't as effective as it could be. Right now, treatment tends to be a very one-size-fits-all approach. It's a very blanketed approach in in the treatment industry, and... um, the science is a little bit old, and there hasn't really been much advancement in terms of, of the future of treatment. That's one of the biggest challenges that, that we're trying to solve is to figure out what kind of treatments are actually more efficient, what's, what's better for this kind of person. Let's actually make it a more personalized, a truly personalized experience. That is what drove David to build in recovery, 
a mobile app for patients to use while in treatment. We're in pilot right now. So we have our first pilot where they're using it with a population of 200 people in in LA. So each patient has the app downloaded. Each patient has it on their device, yes. Okay. And then the people running the patient center have their own version. Have their backend version, which gives them analytics. It also detects when someone is veering off path. It alerts them. So do they give them activities to do every day within the app? Right. So So take take us through the user experience. So through the user experience. So for example, uh, we have this user and I'm kind of, I love Cindy at this point and I'm rooting for her. She's this fictional user. So Cindy, let's say she's in treatment at Wavelengths where I went. Um, She wakes up every morning and she gets... uh, dinged with a meditation task for the, to start the day. Uh-huh. And she earns her first 25 points for the day. So she starts kind of gearing towards her goal for the day, which is usually 200 points or whatever the intensity of the treatment is for that patient. David's app uses a Silicon Valley standby, gamification. You get points for undergoing treatment, meditating, going to therapy. The idea is that this motivates people and makes their rehab experience more structured. But it can also help the rehab centers. They're able to see if patients are actually getting better. And there's another part of it. So beyond the treatment. So after yeah. after treatment, we can we we extend the continuum of care. So we can we keep the member inside inside in recovery, and they're paired up with a sober circle. Mm-hmm. So this is not something new. It's basically a we're taking the whole concept of AA and bringing it into yeah sponsor so you and and we're not making it a big sober circle we're making it three people so it's three two of your peers and a team leader and what that means is that Mm. part of your sober circle you have a recovery coach that always checks in on you so we're really making their chances of staying sober much higher by having a professional that's always in communication with them and the reason being is that i want you to have a place where you can be yourself Mm -hmm. where you can be honest where you can just say, hey, listen, guys, I feel like shit today. I had a big argument with my girlfriend. I feel like using. You can't go on Instagram or Facebook and say that. Right. You know, it's yeah. you, you can't be honest in social we're media. To I don't, answer. So let's say we step back for a second and, and um, we all agree that what you're doing is really important. We all agree that your journey is incredible and very pertinent and the reason why you're doing it. Like all entrepreneurs that are successful that I've seen are fixing a problem that they've seen in their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. You are perfect for that. But let's talk about investing. Can you talk to us about the business side of this? Can you talk to us about, I'm assuming you're selling it to the treatment centers? Yes. Uh, So we have come up with a model where we're charging basically about 1% of treatment costs to have this app in the Santa Treatment Center. So it comes out about $300 per user for their entirety of of their treatment. So it could be the treatment could be two weeks or 90 days. It just depends. They still pay $299, right? $299. Yeah. And so how long has the product been in market now? So we are in pilot mode right now. Okay. So we just we just literally just launched. Let's step into why you're here and let's talk about investing for a second. Sure. Sell us on how much money you're raising, why do you need that, how big this market is. Give us all the math behind this business and, and sure. why we should invest and what we can do together to make this a great company. Absolutely. So, so far I've put in about of my own money, about $65,000 and I've grown it to, to the, to where it is. We have a pilot, we have two pilots in place and we have a very good team. And, uh, what we're racing is one and a half million for our seed round. Uh, however, we're racing it in milestones. So we're, we're racing half, half a million dollars in start $500,000 for the first milestone, which takes us through six, six months of runway. Uh, that first milestone is going to be to roll out in treatment centers in the U.S. So to get about 20 treatment centers in place with an average of, let's say, 50 to 100 patients per treatment center. 
So why break it down though? Why break it down? So that's actually uh, something that we did because uh, after the advice of, of our of our CFO. Okay. What's the valuation on this first five hundred? We're racing it at a at a pre money valuation of five uh, five million. Okay. Can you just give me a sense of what the treatment center landscape looks like? Is it highly fragmented? Are there a few? I'm just trying to figure yes. out where can you go and get people in large bunches. Yes. Because my concern is that this is a really great idea. And I'm struggling to understand how you're going to get the, acquisition. the product in, in front of enough people right. to actually make the business side work. So one of the biggest things that happened that benefits us a lot is that there's a lot of mandates now for outcome data. So Jayco, one of the biggest sort of uh, accreditors of the of, of the industry, is now mandating, and also the double double and double. Ah, I always <laughs> I always stumble with this one. David throws around a bunch of acronyms, but the important thing to know is that he thinks his app can help rehab centers with their accreditation because it creates a digital record of the patient's time and treatment, what they did while they were there, and if they're getting better. And David says that's what many treatment centers are missing. Now it's actually mandated that they have real trackable outcome data, and we're coming in at a time when they truly actually need it. Have you talked to Jacob? Have you talked to We him? have not yet, no. Okay, because that's... That addresses your question. You know, how do you get a big enough? How do you get this to scale? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I just worry that if treatment centers are small and fragmented right. and they're hard to find and sell, you might have the world's greatest product, but a really difficult time. It's, so we, and to be completely honest, I like to be transparent. We will have a challenge, obviously, signing up treatment centers, uh, but we are on our very core a blockchain-based technology. And the reason, and I'm not throwing this out as a, as a buzzword, I, I hate that people do this so much, but the reason we're doing this is because of all the rampant fraud that happens in the treatment industry. Mm, yeah. It's disgusting, really. David wants to use blockchain technology as a tool to combat fraud, where all these shady rehab centers cycle people in and out to collect money from insurance. We want to create an audit trail for the treatment industry where insurance can then say, what are we paying for, really? And we can really start to kind of understand what they're paying for. They're, they're having real insight now into what this $39 billion industry is all about. Typically, a patient's worth to a treatment center is about anywhere from $30,000 to $60,000 on average, because that's the cost of treatment. That's about one month of treatment. Month. And what happens is that there's, Okay, with all good intention. I'm sorry, what's yeah. the amount they pay for one month? About $30,000. 30000 to 60000 30 60, 60, yeah. 30000 to 60000 for there's, one patient for one month. Yes. Oh, there are yeah. ones that are And there's ones in Malibu. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Okay. So, in all right, regards so to sorry, the, I thought yeah. 300 a month for your no. services was a lot, but now that I'm seeing... <laughs> yeah. The investors are starting to see the dollar signs that David has seen all along. With all this money at stake and all the fraud concerns... What's happening now is that insurance companies are just not paying. They're saying no. They're saying, we're not going to pay for this. This is BS. Sorry to use that language. They're like, this is bullshit. Like, we're not going to pay for this. We're not going to continue supporting this. So this is kind of a preemptive move for treatment centers. So do you need an insurance company buy-in to be successful? We don't in the beginning. But long-term, yes. Long-term, yes, absolutely. David's basically saying all this stuff with insurance companies and accreditation is the long-term play here. But what he hasn't really explained is what happens first. How is he going to get this product into rehab centers nationwide? 
Do you have any feedback at all on your pilots? Has anybody said, you know, at the end of the day, like the deciders aren't you or I, it's, it's the people using it. If I walked in there and right. tried to take this app away from them now, because they've been using it for a month, they're going to say, oh my gosh, don't take away this app. It is revolutionized what we're doing in here. Do you have anything? I think it's, I think it's too early to say that. Well, how long have they been using it? Uh, it's it's still We're still rolling out the pilot. So it's literally still being rolled out. So we don't have feedback yet. So you don't yet. know if your product we works? We don't know. Well, I mean, we, we have been developing this with a very strong team and we know it's going to work. However, obviously, but, but how we do you never say, really but, know that's going to work. You can't, you can't, you can't yeah. say that. You can't say um, it's too early and then say, but we know it's going to work. Well, like, well, which yes. is it? It's You're a, it's, hoping yeah, it works. We're hoping it will work. No, I got that part. But I mean, so... Is it's fair to say that in the very least it would be smart to see if a pilot works and how long would you Absolutely, need yeah. how long would you need to see a pilot working for? Um, at least three months okay. for me to feel comfortable that yes we have something that's extremely solid. Once we have actual feedback from users, I agree with you. You know, I've I've, I've invested in companies too in the past, right, and right. you know people always have this great idea, but. It doesn't really like I, I don't want to go to that yes. clinic, literally see it and, and actually and see that yeah. And see and see how it's affecting the efficacy of, of, of the of the entire treatment right. center. It, does, is it really helping? Yeah. And and we're hoping that it will. It's decision time. Here's Jillian. I'm thinking that it's too early in terms of right here in this room mm-hmm. for me to jump in and say I'll commit but this is this is a real the, you know when you deal with healthcare it's a long sales cycles it really um is. you're dealing with so many so much friction um and yet this is this would be if you were able to do this cracking the code on one of the most, you know, as I always say, the dumbest problems in America, mm-hmm. um, addiction. I don't want to say no because I don't think, uh, I think there might be something we can do to at least help, if not an immediate investment. I'd like to see where you are Absolutely. in the next six months, but see if we can help you get there right. a bit. Thank you. So yeah. we will Me definitely too. keep connected after this. Absolutely. I love that. Fantastic. Thank you. Jillian is out. Charles is up next. I think you've been super thoughtful about the needs of your customer um, and how this can extend beyond the time that they spend in treatment. My one concern, though, is for all of the attention and time that's been invested in the product and the product experience, I worry maybe not enough time has been spent thinking about the go-to-market and sales strategy Mm -hmm. and what it's going to take. I think I totally believe the long-term arc. I just worry, though, you need a bridge to get to that end state. And -hmm. I think the bridge to get to that end state is a model for acquiring these treatment centers in a way that where the the economics work out for you. Right. And I think I I would encourage you, I think you you seem like the kind of person who, if you were to shift a bit more of your mental energy from the product and your customer to sales, you'd have really good answers and you'd have a really clear strategy. Absolutely. I agree. And And uh, so we shifted to to product for a reason. Yeah. And you're in that stage, (laughs) you know, you're in pilot stage that you're spending your time and attention on on the right things. But for me to be really comfortable, I'd want to know that you had a a clearly defined hypothesis and strategy on how you're going to get the first 10, 100 clinics in a way that was remotely cost efficient. So for now, with where the business is, it isn't quite right for me, and I'd pass. But I would be happy to revisit the conversation once you've got a bit more clarity on how you plan to attack the market. I I appreciate that a lot. That's really cool of you. So Charles is out for now. Nicole is up next. I would echo uh, what Charles has said in that I think you want to just get focused on the first 10 and then the next 100 and the sales strategy and this kind of narrow thing and Mm -hmm. just kind of 
nail that down. Um, so the number one thing I always look for is if it's a if I think it's a real problem and it's a real problem yeah. that hurts and you I mean you go way beyond in that. I think this is a real problem that needs to be solved. Yeah. I, we're we're really facing an epidemic in North America with addiction and fentanyl. I, I really do believe that. Right. And it has I think all of us probably have one or two people that yeah. are, you know, pretty close to us that have uh, have faced these issues. So I think that's I mean it's incredible. Uh, what I'm struggling with and I would invest a small amount of money. So um is I'm just struggling with where I could even help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I do have to pass, but I applaud what you're working on. And I think you have the right foundational things here. Um, I think it's just that next step to, to Charles's point about your go-to-market, your sales, mm-hmm. and then from there, you're right, get it right, and then scale. Don't don't scale on quicksand, right? Um, Thanks, I appreciate It's been great that. to meet you, and I, I yeah, feel- Yeah, you too, uh, absolutely. I feel like you're working on something so important. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Nicole is out. Michael is the last investor left. So um, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? And um, this is, you're like perfect for that, that you've, you've invented this because you want to solve a problem that you had, like I said before. And this is exactly where great businesses all start. And that's what you do. I, I see a lot of companies come in here or, uh, you know, just see companies that, develop a product, then run around trying to find a problem. And that generally doesn't work. Right. Um, so let me let me give you some advice of what I would do if I were you. Um, what you don't know is what you don't know. Right. And what you don't know is if what you're doing works. Um, you'd like to think it does. And so that's very important. What I would ask you to do is the following. I would get, uh, for example, your pilot into this test center in LA. And this sounds a little off maybe, but I would literally almost move in there if I were you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to see exactly how people literally, you're going to be observing yeah. the animals on the savanna, like in an, <laughs> in an experiment. Do you yes, know what I mean by that? Absolutely. You're going to be literally observing them in their natural habitat and how they're behaving with your technology and mm-hmm. see if it really, really it works. works, right. So that's my advice to you, entrepreneur to entrepreneur. I'm so down. I actually love that. I would totally go live in one of these <laughs> yeah. recovery homes. I know and... you will. That's brilliant, Michael. That's yeah, brilliant. I, love that. I actually hadn't thought of that. I'll actually go in there as a patient. I think yeah, that's obsessive. Yeah. That, yeah. I think undercover is even so. better. That's right. exactly what you To truly actually understand what's yeah. going on. That's Anyways, much thanks so much for yeah, yeah, so nice to meet so you guys. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate guys. it. David leaves the room without any concrete investment. But the investors aren't done talking about this pitch. This is one of those times where of all the things that you see, we hope this succeeds. Okay. Charles, I think it's a good fit for, it sounds like based on what you've invested in too, if yeah. you get that sales piece. Yeah, and we've done a lot of, dig- I mean, we've done a lot of digital health investing yeah. at Precursor and a lot of those companies, because this, as Jillian said, the sales cycle and deployment cycle is long, Yeah, we've we've sort of made some bets that, hey, this is going to work. Yeah, But in all those cases, the company had, I think, a strong sense for go to market. And my sense is like he has he has a good plan in his head. It just hasn't been his priority. And yeah. if I could hear even a semi reasonable thought to I your, think you're gonna get that in four months. Yeah, yeah I think as we're soon gonna as get that in four yeah. In a first for the show, we have the investors suggesting that a founder go undercover to find out if his product actually works. When we come back, David tells us what happened next.
This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. As rewarding as it may be, small business owners have a lot riding on their shoulders. It's a lot of stress to own, run, and grow your small business, not to mention finding someone who can give you the answers and support you need. But State Farm agents aren't just there to understand your small business needs, they're there to prioritize them and help create personalized plans with your needs in mind. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Three months after his pitch, we called David up to see how things were going. So, so like, end of the show, you have a suggestion from Michael Hyatt. Do you remember that suggestion, what that was? Uh, to go back to rehab for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? That's actually a great idea. And uh, I ended up doing it. <laughs> and, you actually uh, went back into rehab. Yeah, it was actually a really, really good learning experience. <sighs> That's crazy. How long were you in there total? How many days? Okay, so so I, w- I was there 15 days. 15 days. So like, did the other patients, did they know like that you were undercover? No, not at all. And they still don't. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they probably will never know. <laughs> so that, I mean- Well, unless they listen. <laughs> yeah, unless they listen or research me, yeah, they probably will never know. So yeah, it was actually great. Um, you know, I mean, the, the actual usability of the app, I mean, if you want to go into deep dive, like- People actually loved it. Really? However, I learned how to improve it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to no, not to be cocky. Like I'm really good at UX, but you know, it's it's really like there were certain things that I learned there that are going to make this app like what hundred times better. What did you learn? So, so one of the main things is really that people don't like to type. So we're going to add voice notes. We're still going to have the journaling app that we have inside the app. However, we're going to make a recording functionality where you can actually just record your voice and then we'll transcribe it. However, the really cool thing about that is that I'm going to up that with an API to a company called Affectiva, which does automated sentiment analysis. So we'll be able to really understand what that patient's going through. You know, like on the text-based journal, we can only get so much, but right. out of voice, you get so much more in terms of like actual emotion. Yeah. You can tell if they're faking it, if they're saying like the, all the right things, but like in their voice, they're saying something different. Yeah, exactly. So that's really, really exciting. Um, you know, the app itself, people loved it. Like they were checking in. Um, they were really engaged with the whole daily points thing. They were motivated to actually participate, to be on time. Yeah. Like were people actually like saying the words, I love this app? I couldn't solicit that, but I, I, w- I was hearing it. Not like I love this app, but I was like, this is really cool. Like people that have been into rehabs like multiple times were like, oh my God, like where has this been all the time? So, you know, it's it's really shocking that this hasn't been done yet, you know, because it really does make the whole rehab experience a dynamic experience versus a very static one as it is right now. Right. Yeah. And then for the actual staff, 
I think the biggest thing that they're excited about is the reports that we're going to be generating. So we'll be able to give them reports that, that they'll submit to when they're submitting their insurance billing. They'll have a report from InRecovery that actually tells them this patient was here. It's timestamp, GPS location, the patient's feedback on top of it. So again, goes back to the whole idea of like a lot of the insurance fraud that's very much in the news right now. The treatment centers that are actually that are actually legit and actually want to do a great job. This solution is perfect for them because they actually have now an additional layer of data that they can submit to the to the insurance companies, um, which I think is really exciting for them. Yeah. I am kind of curious, like, I, I want to talk more about the fraud piece of this. Right. And I've, I like, I'm wondering, like, because treatment centers will be held accountable, will it actually be harder to sell to them? Like, like they'll want to avoid that accountability? Yeah. And, you know, the thing is that the bottom line is this. There are treatment centers that are fly-by-nights that are here to make a quick buck. Those come up really quick and they disappear as just as fast. They're not real businesses. The ones that are actually legit, that do operate properly, that do have the right kind of staffing, that actually care about their patients, they're going to want us. They're going to want to use in recovery. And, you know, those are the kind of treatment centers that we're targeting anyway. We're not really, you know, we're not going to waste our time and go after treatment centers that we know are fraudulent. Those guys will be, they'll be gone. You know, insurance is cracking down so hard on that, that they'll be gone in a, you know, in a couple of months. I, I don't foresee them surviving beyond this year. Yeah. But I don't, like, again, I don't foresee us ever having to deal with treatment centers that are going to be more on the fraudulent side. You think that they just won't sign up for in recovery unless they're... They just won't sign up, you know, like, it doesn't make any sense for them. It's going to expose them a little bit in terms of um, yeah. of what's going on inside their treatment center. Yeah. Uh, kind of going back to, like, your experience in the treatment center, um, was there ever a moment where you felt like, oh, I shouldn't, like... These people didn't opt in to like have their data collect. Like they opted in to use the app, but then like I'm watching them and like they still don't know. That didn't ever feel icky to you? <laughs> icky in terms of like their data being collected? Well, not that, but I mean like there was kind of like a study. Like you were doing a study on like how someone was using your app. Right. But like they didn't opt in for that study, right? Like they only opted in for the app. Well, they'll never know. I mean, that's number one. Number two is that... But that doesn't make it okay just because they'll never know, right? <laughs> it, doesn't make it, it doesn't make it okay, but we're not using their actual you know, names. We're not using their identities at all. They knew they were using a, 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 an experimental app. They did sign a waiver that you know, they, they allow this app to, to kind of record their usage and stuff. So I mean, they, they are kind of aware, but you know, they're not aware that I was there. That you were watching them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, how, how's the round going? You were raising 500 K. Um, how's, how are things going with that? So I've managed to raise, um, almost that amount. We have so many VCs that are so interested in us right now that I think that we're going to end up just securing a, a seed round, a proper seed round of 1.5. Um, so you've got close to 500 K like in the bank. Yes. That's awesome. You said like you have so many VCs that are interested in you and that's why like you're, you're doing, you know, plan to do an even bigger seed round. Um, like, right. first of all, that must feel great. Yeah, it is actually like we're, we're not approaching any VCs they are approaching us, um, which is a nice place to be at. And all the entrepreneurs out there, they're like hustling and sweating it out are like hating you right now. 
<laughs> it's it, it happens, I guess. David also told me that he's still in talks with Michael Hyatt, as well as Jillian Manis and the team at Structure Capital. So there's a chance he might end up with some investment down the road. I don't think anybody knows if In Recovery is the app that's going to remake the addiction treatment industry, but David sure seems confident. And if his product can actually help with all the fraud happening in the rehab world, that seems pretty big. We'll just have to wait and see. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Kareem Maddox, and Molly Donahue. We are edited by Blythe Terrell. And to our longtime editor, Devin Taylor, who's been with the show since before we came to Gimlet, back when the pitch was just an independent podcast trying to find its place in the world, we say thank you for all your hard work, your well-orchestrated puns, and for always pushing us to be better, faster, stronger. We will miss you, even though you'll still be in the building with us. Keep doing good work. And to our new editor, Blythe Terrell, welcome to the team. Let's do this. We are mixed by Enoch Kim, original music composed by The Muse Maker. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Thanks to Lisa Muccio, who planned the recording of this pitch. We discovered In Recovery because of an introduction from Mark Leiber from Startup Health. If you're a startup founder hoping to make it on this show, you can apply at thepitch.show slash apply. As a reminder, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. We'll be back with a brand new episode next Wednesday. This episode of The Pitch was brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you can tell every business owner has a unique set of problems to solve. That's why small business owners want someone to not only understand, but prioritize their needs. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know how to help you choose personalized plans to fit your needs and budget. They get it, plain and simple. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.